1: What's your thoughts on government cover ups or covert societies attempting to control humanity? Do you believe in ancient astronauts, intergalactic communication, or extraterrestrial visitations? Ever had an experience with disembodied spirits or the paranormal universe? Are these subjects fact or fiction? Each week, Tony and Eddie explore these unbelievable realities and beyond, exclusively on Truth Be Told.
2: Welcome back to Truth Be Told with Tony and Eddie, where we believe in experience becomes truth. I'm your host, Tony Sweet. Joining me now in studio is world-renowned psychic and your other host, Eddie Connor.
1: Hi, everybody. Thanks so much, Tony. Guess who I'm excited to be introducing to you today? Who that me? Who that be? Our other co-host today is UBN radio host and famed astrologer, Rachel Lang. Love her. Hey, you guys, you know what's always astounded me? What's that? Past lives and pre-birth experiences. It's such a unique idea, and it's fascinating if you think about it. But first, a word from our sponsors at echoes.com.
2: Thank you for supporting Earth-Friendly Products. For over 40 years, Earth-Friendly Products have brought you the greenest home merchandise for all your family needs. Learn more at echoes.com. Eddie, getting back to past lives and pre-birth, our next guest is a pre-birth researcher. Elizabeth Carmen is here with us to give us greater insight on what actually happens to us
1: before we're born. I love that. And sometimes even before that. And for those who will want more hands-on information from her, please go to CosmicCradle.com where you can find out more about the captivating idea of spiritual dimensions of life before we're born. And make sure you check out her book, Cosmic Cradle. So let's please welcome to the show philosopher, psychologist, and author, Elizabeth Carmen. Dr. Carmen, how you
3: doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here to explore this mystery about who we are and where we come from and what people are remembering about that naturally. Wow! Who what are born with these memories, so and that's a way to
2: start it right mm-hmm. there. That's a way to start it. Well, well, talk talk a little bit about uh, how you got started uh, in this field because that's a very fascinating field. Uh, we because you hear multiple books and shows about afterlife mm-hmm. and you know past lives, but we don't talk about pre births.
3: Well, I'll try to make it short for you. <laughs> uh, in 1989, I took a graduate. Uh, magazine writing class just for fun. I wasn't planning to do anything professionally with it. And I began to interview women with higher consciousness and who were experiencing insights into what is happening during pregnancy, conception, childbirth, Some of them were giving birth in ecstasy, without pain, communicating with their babies when the babies were in the womb, telepathic communications, Mm -hmm. or receiving messages in dreams or visions, Uh, being aware of the moment of conception. Perhaps it happened when they were making love in the bedroom and a pillar of light came down over them. Uh, There's different (laughs) uh, awarenesses that they had. And also being aware... Of the uh, incarnating soul communicating with them and coming in dreams and visions even before they were thinking of getting pregnant. So that was the, that, that triggered my interest when I started writing about this and interviewing these women and probing deeper and deeper. And then it led to not only this pre-birth communication that takes place between the mother and the incarnating soul but also pre-birth memory people that are born with the natural memory i'm not talking about past life now some of these people do have past life i'm talking about memory of a spiritual state a spiritual state uh... before they're even conceived and also we stretch that now to even include once they're conceived in the womb and born but it takes us back to that Time when we are not identified with a physical body yet, people who have memories of that state of consciousness and where they were. So it's uh, a vast area, and it, I, I never thought it would be more than one little book. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and uh, in 2000. In, um, 2000- we actually published our first book, which was 760 pages oh, yeah. interviews, qu- wow. research on 365 cultures and religions. And the indigenous people were telling us about this and how actually they were ridiculed, condemned as primitive, that they didn't know what they were talking about. For example, in Australia, uh, in order to have a child, the father had to have contact with the incoming spirit so they called it the spirit child and the spirit child would come in a dream or would uh, be a vision, uh, maybe he's out hunting or fishing, or he hears the voice of the child calling to him, in many different ways the connections were made, and the child would say, you know, Father, Father, you know, I want to come to you, and my name is such and such, and point out who is mother, <laughs> and conversations <laughs> like that. And, of course, the early European... Uh, anthropologists said well these people don't understand conception and how babies come into the world they don't even (laughs) understand sex my goodness let's put them on a reservation and let them die in peace they must be the most primitive people on the planet so Mm -hmm. actually they were way ahead of the europeans because they understood yes they understood sex they there was no problem but they were pointing out that unless there's a spirit child interested, willing to incarnate. Doesn't matter how much sex they were going to have. <laughs> so that that was um,
1: I love a that. very um,
3: yeah. revolutionary thing for for the anthropologists they they could not grok that. Well, that's they,
4: they kind of that. so a bad pickup line. These are the
3: most primitive. That's a bad pickup
2: line. of debar saying, you know, you know the spirit child told me to have sex with you to <laughs> <create."> <laughs> Yep, but afterwards they would, afterwards, <laughs> they well, would be there found are out.
3: Stories if- like that. <laughs> of course <laughs> there, there are. are. Stories <laughs> like that. We're, we're, we're writing a book right we're right in our third book right now. We've got two others after that in the wings cuz we're getting so much information worldwide right now, but we mm. have one story coming up where the uh, uh, they aren't even a, a dating couple, they're friends, and the woman has a dream where the child or the soul comes to her in, in a vi- vision, in the dream, in the night and, and wants to incarnate and have her be the mother and says, so-and-so will be the father. And she calls the fellow the next day and relates the experience, and wouldn't you know it, the the spirit child had had already contacted him. Anyway, they did have a child (laughs) together. (laughs)
4: That's great. um,
3: These things uh, can happen like this. It sounds amazing, but um, I've I've heard enough of it now that I I don't question most of it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dr. Carmen, do you find that, groups whether it's indigenous tribes or whatever communities where people are more connected to the earth more connected to nature and the national the natural flow of things in an organic manner have a tendency to be more higher conscious than people let's say in a 400 square foot studio apartment in new york city for five generations do you find that the people that are more connected to the natural rhythms of earth are more higher conscious than certain people well
3: Y- yes, I-, I have to go back again to Australia because that is a continent larger than the United States, with all kinds of different tribes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is back when they were first discovered by the white man, and and they interviewed all these different tribes and collected their, uh, you know, their what they believed about conception and pregnancy, and it was a widespread belief there. These were very um, uh, down, they, they, these were people living as naturally as you can live, yeah. and they were highly psychic, highly uh, intuitive, and there's many reports of other things besides their communication with the spirit child. And we also, in the, in in North America, have the indigenous people here who were interviewed also, and a lot of them were very leery of the white man. Mm -hmm. And some of them had already foreseen in their (laughs) visions what was coming, and they didn't want to share a lot. Some of them did, did, you know, there were some successful researchers that were able to gather some of their memories, and we report those in our book. Uh, There were cases also where you had people maybe like missionary types who had a, Mm, a religious bent, and they looked at all of this stuff as just absolutely absurd and, 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 and wrote about it in that way that, oh, he, you know, this one says they remember being in the womb, and this one says, you know, they, they, they related the experiences, but they ridiculed them, and these were in journal articles mm-hmm. here in the United That's States. Awesome. I have to that say,
2: my, my niece, who's autistic, she's 10 years old, uh, she actually remembers being in my in my sister's womb.
3: Wow. She, okay, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. she and now, my... Go ahead, I'm sorry. I, I'm wondering if, if you remember any of the details about what she said it was like or if she remembered anything that happened in the outer world, you know, the, anything that her mother did or something that happened in her mother's life because I'll have to ask some her. of them... Go ahead.
2: No, I'll have to ask her that because, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: There are cases where, for example, uh, one one uh, uh, story that we have is a woman that was uh, seven, I think, seven months pregnant and had a serious car collision and was pregnant at that seven months pregnant in the car collision. And when her child was about four years old, he described the accident Mm -hmm. and he said he came out through the mother's belly button he looked out (laughs) and there was all this commotion and all that and he said he he said the ghosts he said he's just a four little four-year-old boy he said the ghosts told me it's not time to be born yet and told me to go back inside
4: (laughs) (laughs) but he he
3: described the accident no one had ever told this little boy about this accident so that they can see and What's interesting is the ultrasound technology today validates the consciousness of these babies Mm -hmm. in the womb. For example, during amniocentesis, where they'll take a needle to um, extract some amniotic fluid Mm -hmm. to to do a test during the early part of the pregnancy. Uh, And this is when the baby's eyes are sealed shut, I mean. But the babe, baby has been seen on the ultrasound screen batting against the needle or moving away from it. It, wow. it realizes something's coming yeah. into its territory, and its eyes are not open. But psychically, it's aware. Yeah. Some these, these this is not just a little lump of flesh growing in there that has no awareness. Yeah. These are conscious, sentient beings, and this is an important important for doctors when they're delivering babies you know there's a the myth that babies don't remember anything until they're three years old they're that so comes to us yeah. from Freud that's completely wrong uh, right. invalidated <laughs> yeah. by our research so what can, also go, go
0: ahead I'm sorry no I, I was just going to follow up on that that point and what 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 can parents do uh, to kind of develop a relationship and, and make that pre-birth experience as 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 joyful and as loving as possible for their babies?
3: Well, first of all, they need to realize that baby is fully conscious. It, it's, it doesn't need a brain in order to have a memory or be aware. So recognizing that they can be communicating with the baby even before they get pregnant. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and um and and welcoming it and in and, and asking it um you know, asking for a higher being to come in. Uh just interacting, just speaking as you would and once they become pregnant, just having conversation just as you would have with any loved family member. Uh, just you know, welcoming it, uh, we're looking forward to you. All all those kinds of positive um statements, affirmations that can be made because some of these children may feel some reluctance.
4: Well, <laughs> there's, yeah, there's really. people that remember being reluctant <laughs> right. coming
3: in. So we want to yeah. shower them with love, and that will that will um, make it a more positive experience during the pregnancy. So as much love as we can shower on, on the um, baby as it's developing in the womb, it, it, we can communicate with it. First of all we have to realize it is a conscious being.
1: So well, and you know, that's some, the first step. And and Dr. Carmen there was a time I mean, whenever I was growing up, there was a time when people believed that as adults were getting closer to their twilight years and getting closer to passing away to the other side and they were they just assumed that they were incoherent that they had no idea what was really going on around them. And then they find out later. Now they talk about it more actively just because the person is there in almost a comatose state and they're still alive, but they're not responsive. They hear and feel and experience everything in the room around them. And it's sort of like the same thing with newborn babies. They don't remember anything for two or three years. Mm -hmm. But it's sort of like the entrance into the physical plane of existence you're in that sort of twilight frequency, that otherworldly frequency, and just as you're getting ready to exit, is it the same kind of portal that brings you in that also takes you out?
3: Oh, I think there's many par- parallels to that. Yeah. Um, and the near-death experiences, all those reports parallel what we're finding in in the coming in. Uh, in the going out, the near-deathers, Uh, talk about they review their life. They see their life flash Mm -hmm. before them and they, uh, like a panoramic screen, and then the incoming uh, experience coming in, it's previewed. It's planned and previewed. Some people tell us they remember um, like watching movies in heaven, probably like on some big computer screen, (laughs) (laughs) and they can pick. Oh, you know, they have four or five different movies. They can pick which one they want to be in. Do they want to be in a comedy or a drama? And who do they want on the screen with them? What actors what they would they like to be? Who would like to join them? You know, people mm-hmm. that they have some souls, other souls they have mm-hmm. connections with and that are available. So there's that aspect. There's also the aspect of the consciousness. People remember this this um heavenly state of consciousness before they incarnate beyond you know where love is off the scale Mm -hmm. um and and there's there could be some reluctance to coming in (laughs) of course there's there's also the the interest in the adventure of, of of having this human experience and we know it's just a temporary blip in in the eternity of time so that experience that memory of of um just um Try, i'm trying to remember somebody's direct quote um anyway just the love the light the peace the joy all that positivity just amplified way beyond what we experience in the human body yes. and that uh, parallels the the journey um, of the soul going out that they have that they're stepping into that other world. And another interesting thing is it doesn't happen with everyone, but in the near death experience they often talk about the tunnel and mm-hmm. they see a light at the end of the tunnel. And in our pre birth research, some of these folks, not everybody, not a hundred percent, some of them remember coming down through a portal or coming down through a tunnel. Some of them remember looking down on earth through a portal and actually mm-hmm. Seeing their parents, right. or given a choice of different couples that they could incarnate with, and what the lives would be like with them. So, and then then once they make their choice, they like spiraled out a, a tunnel to Earth.
2: Well, uh, then that. <laughs> oh so, yes,
3: there is, there are parallels.
2: That that's an interesting question that Eddie had, but I I have a question about the reincarnation. Uh, is is it a requirement? or is it a choice that we make to come to this life or lives that we, you know, come back for maybe 10 times? Who knows? But are we choosing or are we required to come?
3: Well, I think the answer to that would not be uh, the same for everyone. Let, let's look at it this way. Let, let's make an analogy. For example, a child in kindergarten has to take or first grade has certain courses that he has to take he doesn't even select well i want to learn spelling and reading or or drawing? whatever the teacher (laughs) gives him he has to do in class that day then you have the graduate student or the the phd student and they're designing their whole curriculum Mm -hmm. and there's a lot more freedom and choice there so i think we have different levels of maturity of our soul and it's not that one is any better than the other it's just a a growing process and as we move from that kindergarten first grade stage up to the upper classes we're going to have more freedom and maybe we'll decide well i don't want to go back anymore Mm -hmm. so that's possible but some of those Souls may need to come. I don't think anybody is forced to come. I haven't seen that they're forced. They are some that remember being reluctant, and reluctantly agreed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all yeah. goes. I
4: can do so this. Do, do
0: you find do you find that in in the case with some people who, for example, have. They come in, and and maybe there are miscarriages, or maybe they there are uh, you know maybe the pe- the mother or the, the the parents have fertility issues. Do you find that 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 reluctance reluctance could be a cause of some of those things?
3: That's 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 definitely a factor, and the other thing is sometimes they're coming in as a boy and they decide they want to be a girl sometimes something changed on, on the, in the world in the relationship between the mother and father and or it, it, there's there's countless possible reasons that they could feel reluctant and it could result in the miscarriage now we have one story in our book where the soul, the incarnating soul actually chose and engineered a miscarriage And I don't know if you folks had a chance to see that chapter in the book. It's called I Was in Your Tummy Twice. Oh! Oh. (laughs) Wow. Great. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Uh, I was in your tummy twice. This is a little two, three year old. As soon as she starts talking, she says, Mommy, I was in your tummy twice. The first time, I washed down the drain. The second time, I came out like a zipper. (laughs) as she matured and had more vocabulary to express what she was remembering she remembered that her mother had a miscarriage in the shower when her mother was washing her hair she remembers falling out of her mother's body looking up at her mother washing Mm. her hair and going down the drain Mm. and she actually Engineered that because the parents had had a big argument the night before, and she was aware of that argument. And she said it was a pregnancy that had been filled with love and light and all positivity. And then the couple argued, and she knew that if she came in as a boy, her parents would divorce. I'll oh. let people read about why that was happening, but wow. so and she was a boy, and she wanted Crazy. those parents. And so she chose to leave, and she came back as a girl. And today, she's in her early 30s. She remembers exactly everything.
4: Hmm. And it's
3: all validated. That mother remembers that moment in Hmm. the shower. She felt something fall out, and she looked down. She saw this white blob go down the drain. She said, oh, my God, it's the baby. She knew it,
1: and she went to the
3: doctor and confirmed it. Then when the... um, she said she came out like a zipper what happened in the second pregnancy with the same soul is she had a c-section, c-section. delivery c-section.
0: That's the, that that's what i was picking up on when i heard zipper
3: yeah wow. mm. Mm. and she remembers the whole time during the uh, womb time she remembers different things that happened she also remembers when the doctor cut and she said it was like she was in a dark room, and all of a sudden somebody opened up the curtains and this bright light came in. <laughs> oh, that's kind of
0: cute. <laughs> yeah.
3: She has really cool memories. And she said she felt quite abused by how she was grabbed and handled because she was fully conscious of that. Of course. How they yeah. took her out.
2: Yeah. Now, yeah. most of the people that you interview, like I said, my, my niece— who remembered was autistic. Uh, Do you see a lot of autism, or is it pretty much every type of person that you've interviewed and talked to about
3: this? No, I haven't. I can't say that it's one or the other. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if I have anyone that is autistic. I'm trying to think now most of these children are are not in, in most cases. I can't I can't think of anybody right now. I'd have to go back through all my
4: <laughs> files
3: as I know which so this isn't something that we've pointed out that we have you know sixty percent mm-hmm. autistic children. no, I can't say that so it's not coming to me any number, so I would say it has not been something that that we have found
1: mm. well wow. but it,
3: it can ha- it happen, it and who knows what autistic children really are
1: right oh, and yeah. if you're I just mean, te- these are
3: just labels that.
1: Go ahead. Oh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Truth Be Told with Tony and Eddie. I'm Tony Sweet. I'm Eddie Connor.
0: I'm Rachel Lang. And
1: we have with us Dr. Elizabeth Carmen. She is a philosopher, she's a psychologist, and also the author of Cosmic Cradle. She's here talking to us about pre-birth experiences. We want to give a big shout-out really quick to our sponsors, Echoes.com. That's E-C-O-S.com. And I have to ask you, as a psychologist, Dr. Carmen, How much flack did you get when you first tiptoed into this wonderful world of multidimensionality?
3: Well, fortunately, I had let go of that whole field long before I ever tiptoed in here. I had done social work and um, working with... um, minority peoples and adoption and foster care, and at that point, that was soon after I graduated from Michigan State, and after several years of that, I moved from social service to spiritual service. I realized that I wasn't going to solve any problems with the traditional methods that I was using, and that I really, through my own personal experience, was uh, having a lot of um, breakthroughs in consciousness through meditation and yoga, and I sought to go into that area and to teach that. So I didn't have to worry about
4: Good. <laughs>
3: what anybody thought. Of course, maybe my family was disappointed. <laughs> my family was very traditional, conservative. So I had a little bit of that, but I did not. Ha- I was not in a university where I had to. Uh, deal with that. I did end teaching for a while in a um, university where everyone meditated, so you had a completely different uh, atmosphere than what you're thinking of. Everyone was uh, practicing a meditation, thousands of people together every day, and that's actually where I started the research and and found my initial cases with these women that were having higher states of consciousness connected to childbirth
1: well i have a controversial possible question here i don't think of it as controversial but i think a lot of listeners might and i would love your take on it i've been doing intuitive readings for over 20 some years now and often there'll be souls that come in from the other side deceased loved ones often spirit guides and angels and out of the almost 25 years of doing readings, sometimes a soul will come through that will talk about what you just described in the chapter I was in your tummy twice. And they'll come through and oftentimes when a parent chooses to terminate the pregnancy or an abortion, they I have never once had a being come from non-physical that was the child of that parent and have anything bad to say mm-hmm. ever. They always talk about how it was our agreement. It was our connection. I was supposed to be there for an abbreviated amount of time. I was Mm -hmm. supposed to experience the world in your frequency for just a while, but I'm still with you today. What is your take on the souls that come in for a little while and then that the mom and the parents might choose to terminate the pregnancy? What's your philosophy on that?
3: Well, I would be in agreement with you. Uh, there are some. It, it, you know. Again, this is going to depend on the people you're reading for. You've yes. probably done readings for people that are more fully conscious. Yes. And it's been a more positive experience. There could be cases where the souls. Um, I know some people have done research on it, and they talk about the souls being like castaways, and and so there could Mm -hmm. have been something negative that happened in the uh, termination. I think it's very important for, in in these cases, to prevent anything negative from happening, and what you're describing is very positive, so Mm -hmm. these people were obviously on the right track, but for those that are in this situation or wondering what to do in this situation, the um, important thing is, again, the communication. This is a conscious being. Right. And um, I'd like to just share one story of a woman that found herself pregnant for the second time, and she was really not ready for that second child. She was kind of waiting for the first one to grow up, and her marriage wasn't completely stable. They weren't in a big enough home to bring another child in and she also had some educational goals and she wanted to finish um, some of her training. And so she, she became pregnant and had a conversation with the soul. And she said she went into her backyard and sat down and closed her eyes and became very quiet and started talking and felt she was making a connection to this incoming being who she was already pregnant with, telling her that she loved her and that she would welcome her at a different time when all these other conditions... She wrote three conditions, actually, in a journal at that moment. Wow. My marriage has healed. Mm. Uh, we're more financially stable. We lived in, we're in a bigger house, and I've finished my degree. Hmm. But three different things she wrote in her journal. And... After she finished writing that third point in the journal, a bumblebee came. She said, believe it or not, most people are going to have a hard time believing it. A bumblebee came and walked up and down each of the three wishes that she had (laughs) put in her journal. And she said... Uh, it, 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 it was. she didn't want to really even tell anybody because she didn't want anybody to poo-poo her experience because it had been so powerful <laughs> <Right. laughs> share it with us. She miscarried the next day, mm-hmm. and oh, wow. when those three conditions were fulfilled in about a year, she became pregnant again mm-hmm. and then realized, oh, yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I made that agreement, didn't I? I wrote those three things, and yeah. I said, when this and this and this happens, I'm, I'll get pregnant with you again. Oh. And she felt that the same soul incarnated in yes. that yes. pregnancy, yeah, totally. she felt the same kind of, uh, this is now a mother of six children, so she can <laughs> look back and she knows the different kinds of nausea she experienced, yeah. and she says this was the same kind of physical experience that she had. And the little girl, started speaking very early. She was way ahead of everybody else in her class in school, and the teacher said, it is the only problem we can have with this child is boredom because she's mm-hmm. so advanced. She, it was as if her soul was already one year ahead of itself at least. So that's kind of interesting. So communication, I don't know if we're answering your question yes. here, but um, that gives you another insight that... The the awareness that we are conscious beings before we're conceived or once we're in the womb and we can have a communication, we can work it out, we can have a heart-to-heart communication and explain, you know, right now it's not quite time. Actually, Gladys McGarry, Dr. Gladys McGarry has written several books and um, The Physician Within You, for example, Medicine for Millennium, uh, that's one of them, and she she worked with girls, women that really weren't ready to have a child, or circumstances weren't right. They, maybe they weren't even married yet, and 17 years old. And she basically uh, counseled them to to communicate like this mm-hmm. with with the incoming soul, and she had. Success rate with this. So this is nothing just unique to this particular person I interviewed, but, but this is a um, something that Dr. McGarry actually established through her writings and and her clinical practice years ago.
0: Do you think that the opposite can happen? Like it, for example, I work with a lot of clients who have such a strong desire to have a child, and they and, and I always tell them you're having this desire because you are already communicating with this soul. You're already in touch with with this little baby's energy. It's you know he or she is all around you. Um, what what do you think? What are your thoughts about about that kind of communication?
3: I, I think you're right on because it it's, and sometimes they don't even have the desire, but then they all of a sudden get the desire. or Maybe the circumstances aren't right. I think there's communication coming in from you know the other side, and that child wants to come in. So. The, we're not, you know, we, we've heard through um, the, um, the Greeks and Romans talked about the little Cupid. Oh, yeah. Arrows, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the couple would fall in love. Uh-huh. Well, and they show these little, you know, cherubims floating with their <laughs> bows and arrows. Uh, well, maybe they were really uh, <laughs> talking about this Cupid factor of, of the, the, the child can instigate uh, a relationship uh-huh. Uh, a, a quick marriage, all kinds of things we have found. People that just met and all of a sudden they want to get married and then, then they decide they want to have a child and then they realize later, oh, <laughs> it, was, it, it, it was coming from the other side. So that child wanted to come into to those I parents know. at that particular time and it, it didn't care if they had known each other three months or whatever. So, mm-hmm. it, yes, they, they can have an influence.
1: And Dr. Carmen, I have a couple of, uh, well, first of all, I just this this past week did a reading for some, a lovely lady that I've known for 20 years, and she's going to be a grandmother. And the soul of the little boy came through and was giving at was absolutely already a developed personality. I mean, very strong, very clear, like he'd been on the planet for 20 years and was giving her all kinds of signs and little things it was going to do with its finger on her chin when it was born, everything <laughs> very, very advanced and ready to pop in. And then I have some people I read for, which made me think of this when you said it, Rachel is I have these, a couple of people Moms or moms who want to be moms, p- women who want to be moms, and it's so they want it so bad, and they're looking so much at the physical proof that they don't have the baby, but they can feel the baby. I can see the twins around this one particular person, and it's so strong. But the mom, bless her heart, is having so much trouble believing that it could happen mm-hmm. but the babies are there wanting to come through but the parents believe they can't have it mm. how do do you have chapters in cosmic cradle that describe that kind of strong desire but also equally strong resistance that could shield the baby from actually coming through
3: um nothing's coming to my mind right now uh, why are these couples resisting or, not, or feeling they can't do it like they're but, economically they can't support a child right now or is that what you're getting it, at it's or? A,
1: this it's, particular lovely lady it's a in, it's way more than one it's a fertilization things they want they the doctors are saying that their sperm counts low on one and then something else is going on with the other couple so, mm-hmm. so it's all quote physical things connected to the physical body and so they're really mm-hmm. looking at the paperwork that the doctors say it's going to be hard, 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 hard. And, you know, they're believing the authority here more than their heart and soul's guidance. Mm
3: -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. baby communication. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are a lot of obstacles today with all the pollution and toxins in our bodies uh, that we have to deal with and clean out, you know, the low sperm count and all these things that... It could be a sign that these couples need to do some house cleaning or, you know, maybe there's something they need to do on a physical level to make their body more ready. Uh, you know, in ancient times, different cultures had all kinds of procedures for couples to, to prepare themselves. Wow. You know, sometimes months ahead of time to, to be
1: ready for the fertilization <laughs> moment. You know something, Dr. Carmen, that would be a great book to write yeah. about how some of the ancient cultures did that and maybe then we can get, kick Monsanto's ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But I think, you know, also yeah. if I could uh, just like kind yeah. of piggyback on this conversation, I think too like facilitating the communication between the infant and the person yeah. could could energetically shift the belief. And 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 once the belief is shifted, then any kind of miracle can happen with the physical body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know? what is
1: a miracle? Right. It is simply a change in your perception ding 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 ding. (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) yeah
3: yeah there are miracle stories of conception where there's a will there's a way we we have one story about a a woman that had a dream and she was told you have radical eggs and you're going to have another baby and she was all excited in her dream and then when she woke up she was excited and then she remembered oh i don't have any fallopian tubes (laughs) they were taken out i don't have any ovaries left uh, well, she had different surgeries that had happened. You can read the story in the book. But what happened is she, she started getting um, pregnancy symptoms a few months later and thought, well, what's wrong? You know, I better go check with the doctor. What's going on with me? And he said, well, well what are you here for? She said, well, I feel like I'm pregnant, but I couldn't be pregnant. I don't have any ovaries or, um, or um, fallopian tube. He said, well, let's give you a pregnancy test just in case. And so they did, and she 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 was pregnant. Oh. wow! wow. amazing! Wow, that's and incredible. Yeah. Anyway, uh, there there. I think the spiritual can overcome some. I don't. Anyway, yeah. we have a whole mm-hmm. theory about how that happened. Oh, <laughs> See, then we'll have to have you come back and yes. talk about that whole theory. Yeah. And
1: I have a, a sister-in-law who had her. Back in the south, we say she had her tubes tied, <laughs> and um, and she just wanted a baby. She wanted a baby. She wanted a baby. Miss Thing had a baby with her tubes tied.
0: Wow! Hello. wow. Knock, knock, knock
1: On wood.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Doctor Carmen, we have about yeah, five. Yeah, mi- Kim,
3: oh, yeah, go ahead.
2: No, we have about mm-hmm. five minutes left, and and we're talking about a lot of uh, other subjects. But have you ever yourself experienced any remembrance of your pre birth?
1: Oh, great Ooh,
3: question! That is a good question. Uh yes, and I wrote about it in the first book. It's not uh a major story so I don't emphasize it, (laughs) but I remember as a like a five year old child I was at Sunday school which uh I know (laughs) Christian tradition and every Sunday I was there and church and all of that. So anyway at that time I wasn't quite uh uh, anyway,
4: that's another thing. <laughs> anyway, so I,
3: I, I was there and um, in class, and I had to go downstairs to the where the bathrooms were, and it was a big, empty basement. And I'll just always remember, I was walking through that basement, and the thought came into my head, or the memory, we should say, when will I be given this wonderful thing that I've been promised? I just knew that someone had promised me something that was beyond anything in this physical world. And I was just wondering, well, when's it going to happen? Like tomorrow, the next day, when's it going to come? And I didn't say anything to anybody about it. And a few years later, in Sunday school again, you think I was in Sunday school all the time, but (laughs) this is when it happened. The Sunday school teacher was kind of talking about a born again experience of, uh, you know, having some kind of uh, revelation. I thought, oh, that must be what my promise is. So um, I, I didn't really understand what that was until I started doing this research. And I said, ah, uh, my spiritual guide promised me <laughs> yeah. something wonderful. Well, when's it going to come? Well, I've had some wonderful things. So anyway, uh, that's, that's my little tidbit of a pre-birth memory. I'm, I'm more of a researcher and someone who likes to meditate and experience that state beyond thinking to go to that home, that place that in our consciousness, that deep within us, and to have that experience. And uh, so I always emphasize to people who say, well, I can't remember anything. Well, you can remember that state with, where you came from. Yes. Right. You mm-hmm. can have that experience beyond all of your thoughts. You have to find the proper meditation technique and, and transcend all of the surface thinking and experience that unboundedness, that pure soul level that's deep within you.
2: Mm-hmm. well I have to say you, you're, you're very fascinating and we definitely want you back there's a lot more to talk about and for the people that are listening either live or on our podcast make sure you go to CosmicCradle.com and you can get a free, free chapter. chapter from the book Cosmic Cradle uh, all you got to do is just sign up and get on their mailing list so make sure you go and support and please would you please come back and, uh, and be with us again
3: Yes, and uh, my husband would probably like to join us if we would if he's love that. Town, and, and he's got um, a lot of cool insights into all of this as well. So,
2: well, perfect. Well, Dr. Elizabeth Carmen, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Well, have a great week. Okay.
3: Thank you so much.
2: All right. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about what we learned here today so don't go anywhere truth be told with tony and eddie i'm tony sweet i'm eddie connor i'm rachel lang and be right big